Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey, yeah, yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Another exciting edition of Judd's Hockey Podcast. Uh, Zolgad, Lindsey Brown, Declan Goff. Let's start here. Okay. Charlie Coyle and Nino, are you glad to see them doing well in the playoffs? Yes. <laughs> yes, okay. I am. Uh, I I think it's hilarious. Hot take us. Go ahead. This I don't is care. this is very Charlie Coyle though. This is peak peak Charlie Coyle of him showing you what he could have been. Uh, and so uh, Charlie tease Coyle, as I like to call him, he's just a tease. And uh, he goes out and scores five goals in his last uh, four or five games here. Game tying goal, game winning goal. Guy just guys putting in big goals. Uh, Nito got off to a slow start in that first round of the series. He was actually held in check for a little bit. But uh, you knew he was going to eventually turn it on. I'm totally fine with it, uh, especially because we got Ryan Donato back in the Coil trade. I don't feel any like short changed that Charlie Coil is doing well. That's totally fine with me. Uh, but with Nino, yeah, I, the whole Victor Rask thing—if if he can learn to skate this summer again, you know, that'd oh be yeah, a great it's a bad sign. trade. It's a bad trade. It's a bad trade. Yeah, Lindsay. But also, when they made that trade for Nino, like. The, the Carolina Hurricanes weren't exactly in a playoff mindset. It's not that they weren't, but it wasn't the same mindset that Boston was doing where they're trying to fortify that third line, which is why Charlie is succeeding. Charlie could have done that here, but the right. problem is he was never put in that position because he had different expectations when he was wearing a Minnesota Wild sweater. They were expecting him to be a goal scorer, to be a constant contributor, a player that the team leaned on for production, and he was not that player. And in Boston, he's not expected to be that player and is playing just – you're going to see it. He's playing free. Mm -hmm. He is not overthinking it other than that really bad turnover the other night. But the thing is – It was a bad pass. But you have – you know, every game is covered by is is on national TV. So you have you have the big names coming out to talk talk about the game. When you listen to those Boston Bruins games and the way that these that these color commentators are describing him and talking about him, he he's the their best player right now. Charlie Coyle is. Yeah, he's been really good. And I am super happy for both of them because it's not that we don't think they're good players, and it's not that we didn't think that they weren't going to be successful somewhere else. It's just frustrating <laughs> as fans and obviously as media members to be like. Not only are they being solid contributors, but they're being every night on the stat sheet or at least making a difference in some way, shape, or form. And I think that's frustrating. But like Declan said, we have Donato. We got some pieces back. And you know what? Maybe in a few years, we're, we're that same thing. But right now, I'm happy for them. Good for them. Good for them. 
here's my coil conundrum here. And it's coil a, conundrum. It's a two-part thing. I like the Nice column. How much of the – he's being put on the ice in a position to succeed, mm-hmm. which is great because he's doing it. Uh, how much of his success now in the playoffs has to do with that, and how much also has to do with the fact that the dynamic in that room for the Bruins is probably very different th- than here? Because I always felt that Charlie was one of in, in the group of guys who was in that, you're going to lead someday, kid, mm-hmm. and you're going to lead someday, kid, and it's not here. And Coyle, um, and this was partially his fault, I'm sure, too, but he sort of shrank then. and Because you never had that, that group that then be like, bleep this, we're in charge, move back, veterans. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But how much of Coyle's success in Boston is based on, on the fact that he's being used by Cassidy in a very smart way, and that allows him to succeed. But he's also, I feel like, being emboldened, emboldened there in that room, which I don't think ever came close to happening here. I think with Coyle, he was Mr. Nice Guy, right? I mean, he was he I he could get in that vote uh, that that room where he would he would be passive and he would coast a little bit with his leadership. And and yes, he probably was thought of maybe highly of more highly of than we thought. I don't know what the dynamic is of him in Boston in the locker room because obviously we don't talk to him anymore. But uh, I, I would say it's playing the ice, though. Is, I think his role, though, is very clear yes. on the ice and off. Right. And they have a culture over yes. in Boston, too. That's a it's very a s- distinct culture. Boom. Very distinct. Yeah. And that's where it's not the Minnesota Wild have a toxic culture. Sometimes they do, but they don't really have a culture, period. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that that has made Boston so successful is just not – we've tried to retain a core here and try to build something. But Boston has been able to – Retain that core that did win that that cup in what was it twenty twelve I believe or no that was L A Kings was twenty twelve they were twenty eleven thirteen eleven or thirteen eleven thirteen like when they uh, when they beat the Vancouver Canucks and get in seven games and then they had to like stay in the arena for four hours after the game seven oh, because yeah I mean who wouldn't burn down their town if but, if you were a fan of a team and they lost but the thing is is that on that team on the Boston Bruins. The person that really stirs the pot on that team is Brad Marchand. He's the one, and he's a controversial figure, but if I bet you if you asked any player in the Boston Bruins or anybody in the Boston media that spends a lot of time, as cheap and as kind of weird that he is as a player, A, he's good, but B, he's probably extremely well-liked in the locker room. And you can see that he's he he has really good relationships with Bergeron, with Chara, who they won a cup you know, almost a decade ago with. But you see him, he's really close with David, with David Pasternak. He's very close with, with Tori Krug, all these players that have been implemented afterwards. Right. So you have a mix of an old and a new, but more importantly, the older players know how to be successful and know that they need the younger players. And some of the players who may have been cast off, like Charlie Coyle, and know Noticing like, hey, your confidence isn't great and isn't super high, but we're on like a 20-game point streak and we're about to head into the playoffs. And by the way, we have probably the most solid roster, arguably, in the league at that point. The only roster I can really think at that point is Tampa, where it's that depth crazy. But I just think it's literally, it's a cultural difference at Boston because Boston's just, you win. And they know what the culture is and it's it's his home. That's where he's from. Right. Well, yeah, that... But that can be good and bad. Yes. Like it's for good some for him people, right now. It, it can be good. Mm-hmm. I, I just think – I don't think that we should lose sight of the fact that the dynamic off the ice with that team is playing a key role here. Absolutely. And, and there's there's lessons to be learned there, and this all goes back to who leads your team, mm-hmm. who's in charge. Because as we all know, in this sport, off the ice is incredibly important too. Incredibly right. important. And, and if you empower people, 
you can get, even if they're, as Declan said, a passive person mm-hmm. at times and not the most dynamic, if you empower them, it can completely change things. And then if you combine that with, okay, kid, and here's here's your role, and it's going right. to make perfect sense. And you don't so, have to be the vocal leader. Which is why, it, which is why it, and I think we discussed this on the podcast as well, it started to drive you crazy at times when Charlie would be a center for two months, and then he'd mm-hmm. be a wing, and then yep. he'd be a first liner, and then he was struggling, so he'd be a third or fourth line, you know, and it was all of these, these buttons that the wild tried to push but you said to yourself if you ever had this dynamic just right right and could put him in a position and and not just him players in general right put them in a position to not only succeed in how they're used during the course of games but also say here's what we expect yes and i and i think the wild probably says that but i don't know that they can that they've ever really consistently achieved that message correctly it's the self-policing it's the it's the everybody says we have a b and c for expectations or goals but it's the actual holding yourself and having the balls to hold others accountable because everybody is a professional in that locker room everybody has done good things and there's an obvious hierarchy but when it comes to stuff like this and it comes to the playoffs sometimes you're gonna have guys that are performing that weren't a big part of your production during the regular season charlie coyle is a great example of that and when that happens, you can't defer to yourself if you're not producing. Like if you're if you're if you're a player in the Boston Bruins that usually produces a lot, and you see Charlie Coyle get at doing what he is doing, you can't expect to go into the locker room saying this is my team right now. You have to ride whatever person or people are driving that team, and that's what Boston has has succeeded in doing over the years. Had succeeded when they won that championship, and you're seeing elements of that same type of championship mentality through the series that we're watching right now. It's 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 been a great second round so far, I think. Yeah, and I think too with with NHL playoffs, you always have secondary players that show up too. Mm-hmm. So a Coyle's not necessarily on that top line, and and he is having a nice little role where he's able to succeed. I mean, the goal he scored the other night where he just dives in on the near side or on the far side, I should say, and then and then slices in and pops. It. I mean, it's a gorgeous goal. It's just right, oh, right. Great, you're you're in a good play. position. Yeah, you're, you're, you're in position to succeed. And, and when you're playing willy nilly and free, it's it's easy to find yourself in those positions rather than like slogging on the back check back and forth, back and forth, and trying to get something going. And I think it's so different too, like the dynamic in Boston's locker room and Carolina's locker room, where when they made that Nino trade, something clicked. Mm-hmm. And the every jerks. the jerks, mm-hmm. and it's a different dynamic. It's not a veteran group. It's nope. not a playoff but testing you know what they group. Got? Fun. Why not us mentality? And and one very key guy. Yep, Mr. Game Justin 7. Justin Williams. Mm-hmm. Yes, Mr. Game 7. But, I mean, he makes yeah, he that makes guy in the playoffs. The most clutch player I think I've seen in sports, honestly. Well, and it's just it, a guy like that, you know, everyone can look at that guy and be like, oh, okay, I get yeah. it. Yeah, and he has the expectation now, too. Far, and think about how far this team has been from having even close to that person. Right. right. Exactly. Like who's ever been that person here where where you said to yourself and and 2003 was different because that that w- was a collection of guys who worked really hard. That's like Vegas last but year. I'm it just happened to happen. In, in the Parisi Suter era, who's been a person that you could look at in that room and been like, okay, that's the get it guy. That's the guy that everybody can look at at times when things aren't going well and be like, it'll be fine. Yeah, get on my back. I'll, I'll yeah. take us Who's to the that? promised land. No one. No one no. on this era. No, no. one. I would say and it's not Jason z- Zucker last year, maybe. Gross, no. Kind of. But you. Can, but the thing is, is like when players are hot or if they're producing, oh, sure. no, it's saying, easy to buy into I'm it. saying the mentality, though. Oh. Like, like he was scoring goals. Where, where you expect Justin Williams has a look in his eye. Mm-hmm. They, they got done. Their first round win, he came in and cried. Like it was that it meant that much. 
Well, he, he sat down and cried, and it was awesome. It right. was great, but it was. But I think it was also that exhausting. Where he's like, we got through seven games, played my old team, the Capitals, went to double OT, but the level of of his caring is yeah. off the charts. He, he's he's definitely the marionette master in terms of Amen. making sure those young players are staying within themselves and playing. Because Carolina, it, it's a very different mentality than it is from Boston or pretty much any other team because they're the ones that really hard railed themselves into the playoffs and had the huge upset and had all of these things and has a roster that on paper doesn't look that great. But clearly they have that why not us, why not now attitude where they believe in themselves so much and that's a direct credit to Justin Williams because that mentality does not – that might be introduced by the coaches – but that has to be tended to and guarded by those leaders and specifically Justin Williams to keep those – because when it's a seven-game series, especially after it was game six, they got blown out. Yes. It's easy to be like, well, I guess that's that it, guys. It. We made it. We, 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 we took a good run. It's respectable. We're going to be on a list next year where we'll actually be expected to do well. This is great. We're making progress. And they got their asses kicked. And they also went down And came back and won. Yeah, to exactly. Washington in game seven in Washington. Exactly, and end up winning in overtime. That takes resilience, oh, yeah. and that takes a leadership that is so unique and so valuable, and that oh, it can't always be tapped into. It can all, it's always a presence, but it's not always going to be able to be tapped in. It's like right. a maple tree. Sometimes there's a, there's a lot of it, and sometimes there's not. It just depends. Right. I think if uh, the the comparison for Justin Williams, and especially back with that O three team, and I know a lot of people. Different different construction, different eras, but Cliff Ronning, when he yeah. got into oh, that team, Cliff. he was there for that just one season, yep. and he was a veteran guy that had been tested before, and I think he was someone that everyone probably did gravitate towards and was maybe the little X factor in that young group of players that had an amazing run into the Western Conference Finals. I think that would probably be the only time. I mean, like, Owen Nolan was on the tail end of his career, and the Wild weren't making the playoffs then. So, like, I would say that would be the only... The only case where we, our version of a Justin Williams would, would probably be a, been Cliff Ronning in 03. Walls, I, walls came. Walls to a little bit. Yes, close. and then yeah. later on. and none of the, no, really. Ironically, <laughs> like you said, Judd, these are all before Zach and Ryan oh, yeah. suited, or, uh, showed up. I can't think of one. Brian Ralston. Do you remember? Yeah, when you put him in the shootout, and he would just go out there and take a clapper, and yeah. then he would, yeah. oh, my God, the best. If you... What an absolute just boss move to do that and just the confidence that brings yeah. to the team. They had a good little uh, – during the shootouts, they had a good era of Pierre-Marc Bouchard and Brian Ralston. I, I would well, imagine – And Koi Bouchard worked. And Koi Bouchard yeah. worked. That was the backhand toe drag right. worked. It worked. But, you know, I, I go back and and in, in West Wall's case, for instance, West Wall's was wired so tight, but people respected him, and so it works. Well, he's a small guy that made a huge career out of a league well, that, that was not built for him. Against the Avs, mm-hmm. the Forsberg matchup, he was incredible. Yeah. And Forsberg was going crazy. Yeah. It's Peter but, Forsberg and Joe Zaga. And, and that, but that backtracks to if you're going to be in a playoff series like that, you've got to have at least one guy or a yes. few guys that can frustrate teams. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Walls, was he, he was defensively locked down, but Forsberg also was going crazy because yes. he couldn't do a thing. He couldn't move. And that's the thing. They don't have anybody in that locker room, that being the Minnesota Wild, uh, that ha- other than probably Nick Foligno, that has that like agitator mentality that – that. Right? Sorry, his, his brother, okay. Nick. His I brother, Nick. Yes, too. but you're right. Um, that has – everybody has the ability to be the agitator, but not everybody has the ability to be the agitator and not morph their game around it. Like, so Brad, like I said, Brad Martian, he's a very good player. 
and he's an agitator, but he, when he starts to get into people's heads, he doesn't get away from his game. That's where you see problems. With yeah. That's, that's right. one of the problems Charlie Coyle had back in the day because when he started to throw his weight around, especially in the playoffs, his game would just turn into, I'm just going to hit people. That's all I'm going to do. Right. That's the difference. Totally lost my train of thought. I game saw, of Thrones probably. Game, not related. Game of Thrones. But something with the Wild. Oh, okay. oh, it was when it was, I think the Wild wanted Matt Cook to be that guy. Yes, and, and he wasn't. Yeah, it's 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 other uh, and substances you, that nearly had some amount of brain damage. That yeah, short term memory is not uh, my forte for the a lot alcohol. of reasons. And yeah, the alcohol. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I think they wanted Matt Cook to be that guy, and yeah. and he wasn't. No, he just wasn't. And everyone d- despised him, and, and he was bought out. And uh, no, but guys who are going to get suspended for cheap shots aren't that guy. No, but I think right? he did. And he was kind of rehabilitated yeah. at that point. His but, image was a little bit different than yes. what it was but in the, Pittsburgh. But the hit on Barry still to to this day in the playoffs, yeah. right? Series that got him suspended for what, like five games or something. Mm-hmm. That was still cheap. But I go down that list of like a Cook, a Wilson, who's a really good player, excellent player, Kadri. Yeah, those guys to me aren't the they aren't the guys that you bring into a room and and people have immediate respect for though. No, they're That's secondary. T- they they're have secondary, to earn it, and they can mm-hmm. agitate, but they can also do stupid things. Right. And Kadri is a prime example. Yeah. And I think if you're known, I think if you are known for being suspended or dishing out cheap shots, the respect in those rooms does not exist. Like teams know what within th- the locker room. Yeah, I think, I think they still respect them, don't you? I don't think they respect them though in in the way of of guys who are going to step in in a playoff series and lead. Justin Williams takes this to a different level, and there are guys like but that. But he's not a cheap player. No, no, he's not. What I'm saying is if you're a cheap player and you get signed or traded to a team, if you step into the room, like if Kadri got traded to the Wild in June. Which is a very distinct possibility. He would walk in, and the team would know what he could provide, but there would not be a you are you are a core leader guy look about him. He would give you what he gives you, but there's a whole nother level of players who, LB, you were discussing, who players automatically gra- gravitate to mm-hmm. and respect. And I think if you've been suspended, you're not that guy. I think it depends. I think so. It, it depends on if they're with the same team for their duration of their career, if they've been traded. Because Matt Cook at that point had been on a few teams. Yep. Um, obviously, I, Tom Wilson's only really played with Washington, Kadri only with Toronto, Marshan with Boston. I think it also depends. You see a lot of these guys who end up being agitators that they don't often start in the league with that type of road. They try to be that superstar, just like everybody else. They try to go. But sometimes you have to learn how to you know, change your game to get yourself in the lineup consistently and not just in the lineup, but on a line in which there are other people that can help support you and help you produce. Because it's one thing to be on fourth line and get spotty shifts and you're just expected to just, you know, don't mess up and just keep keep the status quo. But a lot of those cheap shots and stuff too are a direct response to like, say, another cheap shot against one of their players. It's more of a defensive thing for them being like, hey, you're, I'm going to make sure you're not supposed to do that self-policing. Maybe this is a different way instead of you know, dropping the mitts like they did 15, 20 years ago every time somebody was offended or by something out there. Maybe this is what it is. And whether that's good or bad, it depends on what the, what the situation is. But I don't, I think they're respect. I, I would have a hard time believing that Brad Marchand's not respected. Marchand, I think, Wilson, probably or, is. I think Wilson's probably not. Nah, I can't stand him. He plays to hurt people. Yes. We, like the, all the slew footing and, and, and the subtle 
drive by. Right, but this is us in Minnesota seeing all these things. But what? in Washington, he might be, he could be a, well, a hero. Basically, I, I think if he ste- I think if he got traded here, he, he would certainly contribute and be a nice player to have. I don't think he's the type of player that I'm talking about, though. That, that in a playoff, in the course of a playoff series, when things go wrong, that a team can look at and say like. Oh, I get it. No, we'll be fine. He, no, he's a product of his environment exactly. because That's... because they have other scoring, other places, and so he can do that. You're right. In and, that sense, yes. And I really think in this sport, especially, there are different tiers of people and guys mm-hmm. who who have different roles, and and there's only so much they can probably go outside those roles, which is why you can't just step in and say, "I'm going to lead you guys," because players are like, "No, you're not that guy." Right. But. Uh, the Wild just hasn't had, I, I don't think, really, in the Suda Parisi era, they've had that person. No, they've, they haven't yet. Dex is right. They've tried. They've tried. So which, which series in were early in the fourth, second round series, which series intrigues us most so far? I can't believe Carolina's up too well considering their circumstances. Did you see all the posts the Islanders hit on Sunday? Yes. And again, the non-hockey fan will be like, that's why I hate hockey. Yeah. It's all or, But you know what? Okay. Or when... Uh, it's life. Or, or when Carolina went down, and I forget whose stick it went off for the own goal. Like, it was on the power play, and the Islanders scored the first goal. Yep. You know, another one where he just centered it on, and Carolina hit it in the back of their own net off of their own defense. And Razzik's hurt now, too. Yeah, and that's... that's it's a weird oh, bit, too. I, I was watching I that on my way here because I, I was watching the game, and I was kind of doing things, and, and, and all of a sudden he wasn't in there. And I'm like, well, what the heck? So I go on Twitter to try to find it, and no, usually when something happens like that, there's video, there's GIFs everywhere of, of the actual thing. Uh I saw what they think is the actual play, and it's uh, a play in which he actually doesn't make a collision with anyone. Nobody runs into him, but it's just there's a the puck the puck carriers on one side, and then there's a pass across in an attempt to go to the back door, and he goes over the the shot never comes, but you can see his left leg outstretched a little bit, and then you see him kind of awkwardly do it. I'm like as a goalie, I know exactly what it is. I know okay. he it's something that popped, and I'm guessing it's either it's hip or knee. Oh. And and it's something that either has been a problem for a while that they've been trying to just basically, you know, damage control. Sure. But clearly he took himself right off and he was not he was very frustrated. And I think Brindamore said too, even before that play, he looked a little shaken huh. up. Yeah, he so was something, a little bit. Something else happened before then mm. that also contributed yeah. to the fact that and, he left the game. And uh, most and, and the guy that came in, I have no idea McHenry. who he is. Curtis McElhaney. Great number who that the Maple kid. Leafs put put on waivers the Maple Leafs who could have used a backup goalie put on the waiver wire I think coming out of training camp yeah Carolina picked him up Carolina basically rehabilitated two goaltenders who were everybody they weren't bad but they definitely didn't really have roles this playoffs goaltender just think about who we have Bennington and St. Louis Martin Jones who is probably the the one with the best pedigree at this point Grubauer you have yeah oh I guess Tuca Um, Bishop Bishop and Tuca are in the other Bin, and then though, right? you have Bennington. Yep, and... that's a good story. Backup goalie in the AHL. Bishop, yep. yeah, Bishop. And then I'm trying to think other Eastern. I got it right but, here. But all the all these people, all these Robin Leonard. Yep, Leonard. Playing Although people Islanders. are saying they should they should go they should switch goalies at this point, which is eh. preposterous. Well, I, I guess Grice. I guess he he had a fantastic. I don't care. Season. Oh no, yeah. I agree with you. But I'm saying they're saying that because Grice had had great uh, stats against the Canes this season. But it's not Leonard's fault in any no. way, shape, or no, form no, 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 that no, they're no. down to that, nothing, right? I that's mean, yeah. that's analytics. No, analytics no. people trying to be trying they're to be. Well, he played really boost. well in this arena so Colum- and this weather. So no. Columbus with Bob established goaltender. Bob's been playing Boston well too. as well with Rask. Islanders as well, and Dallas. But you're, you're nobody's right, won a cup, and nobody's really. Yep. I mean, Tuca's made a couple right. of deep deep runs, but 
most of those were products of stronger teams in front of him at least a few years back after they won the cup rather than his play. Historically, he has not been a great playoff goaltender. Tuka Rask hasn't. Yep. So that's the thing. This year, that's what's Because he so was the backup crazy. to Tim Thomas. Yes, is that correct? Exactly. On the team that won he Stanley was, Cup? Yep. He was the backup to Can Tim I Thomas. Can I give you guys my team, though? Colorado. Same. I, same. I I'm them. on it. First of all, and, and the Joe Thornton story, especially if they played the Bruins, is a great story. But San Jose... I'm bored with They're them. fine. Yeah, I'm so bored well, with them. Well, because of their style. They're yes. not that fast, right? No. They're not that fast. Burns is, you know, a dynamic player. If he has time and space to and shoot Carlson's, the puck with a clear lane, then sure. he's dynamic. Then he's Otherwise, he's not. And Carlson's fine when the groin's not barking, but it's barking <laughs> sometimes. So there's, like, periods where he'll look really good again. Yeah, scored last night. But as a fan... The abs are just so much fun. So like, much fun. Like, give me the downside to that team. And by the way, the kid that, that won the uh, Hobie is incredible. Oh, uh, Marker? Cole Marker? Yes. Yeah. yeah, he's great. Yeah, and they have the fourth, so over, fifth overall pick coming up. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's but, I, but I'm just a fan. Like, yeah. I, I, want to, I don't want to see the Sharks advance. I no. want to see the abs advance. The, the abs were my team growing up. Uh, but abs and devils, actually, it doesn't take, uh, take a lot of brain power to figure out why those two teams were my teams. And I Chico Resch for the devils in goal and uh, the abs goaltender. <laughs> yeah. I, I, whoever and, he was. And, and when I would play NHL hits 03, which is the greatest NHL game, and nobody else can tell me otherwise, um, oh, I was always – I was always the Avs, Joe Sackett, Rob Blake, and mm-hmm. Peter Forsberg with Patrick Wannette. And so seeing this kind of resurgence, especially since these last few years where, you know, when they drafted McKinnon, his rookie year, he was so good. And then oh, yeah. they won the division when it was the first year of the divisions of Patrick Wall as the coach. Yep. And then they face off against the Wild, and the Wild somehow win that playoff series, and we think everything's fine, and then we're here now, and everything's not Oh, fine. I didn't. Don't worry. But... I was old. I, I knew that was not They've been on, like, the, they've always... Or at least these last few years, everybody's—they're the next ones to really step up. They're gonna—they're like this close to stepping up. And right. once they move to Shane, which they thought was gonna be kind of a semi-rebuild for them because he is a talented player. Clearly, he's performing as well. Unbelievable! Right. He's been playing unbelievable uh, for for Columbus. Um, they're kind of on the same type of mentality as Carolina, not as like Kool Aid ish, not as not as feverish, <laughs> but they're very much like. Why not us? Because all the division winners are out. So it, it's anybody's cup. And oh, so, yeah. And that's the thing. And the Western Conference is extremely Not hockey fan doesn't like yeah. that. Doesn't like it. Your nope, regular season like is that. meaningless. Yep. Well, you know what? No, what? Everything's meaningless. But the Colorado really thing to me it. is a, it's so much fun. And, and the one thing that's frustrating is, and I don't blame them, but the Sharks trying to gum up the blue line. Yeah. Like the Sharks are going back to trappish ideas. Yeah. Trap, trap, trap. And I don't blame them. They mm-hmm. sort of have to. But yeah. that's an indication of the fact that they simply can't keep up. So well, especially give defensively. Me they, they're so bad defensively in their D zone. They have to try to do something because they when Ber- because Carlson's hurt, he's not 100%. No, he's and he's not. putting all of his energy towards being offensive because they need to. Correct. And Burns is a liability as a defenseman. No offense. Don't, I don't why did don't an announcer? Why did Burns screwed up last night on defense and the announcer said, you know, a rare, a rare misplay by Brett oh, Burns? That's <laughs> why that it's, a national, it's a national media call. He's a Norris Trophy finalist, but not for his I defensive told you, play. He should be a finalist yep. for the Bobby Orr Trophy. Yep, you're right. You're they've 100% got, they, right, They've John. got to change this bleeping award system. Like, since when is this guy a defense? And he's a really, he's He's great incredibly at what he does. talented. There's yeah. nothing wrong with his game, but it's the fact that he's being grouped in with players that are very different type of defense. Absolutely. More so, pure. So, which series has ULB the most intrigued? Um, I, I, I think the the uh, the Colorado series on the Western Conference side and um, and the Carolina uh, series on the Eastern Conference side. I think the really 
the, that the first round was so good. I feel like a little bit. It's this round is a little bit of a reprieve. It's kind of like a and everyone's yeah. catching their breath. I feel like you're right. Yeah, and that and and you can I've tell by the way. coverage. You can tell by by the enthusiasm. Granted, the games haven't been as high scoring. A lot of tight games. There have been a few overtimes. But I think next round is where it's going to be kind of a big groundswell because then you have all these teams, all of which haven't been to a cup final, at least in recent history, where all of a sudden they're one step away. And that, and you have old guys in each team where it's like, you know, the the storyline, it's one lost run for the cup for the, to, for the legacy, <laughs> you yeah. know. So I think the next yeah. round is going to be the really big, uh, another groundswell in terms of just people being into it and just the series in general, because it's not the series are bad. I'm just not as invested as I was in the first round. The first round was so intense. Yeah, it was so intense. And it was great. It's a great problem to have. It's the exact opposite of basketball. Yes. Like basketball, the first round, you're like, get this done with. Well, you're like, basketball until the finals. And then it gets more intriguing. Right, but but the NBA series in the second round are much more intriguing to watch. Like the first round was useless. Yes, this Golden thing, State, Houston has has watchability. Too, yeah, yes. exactly. This thing starts off with this just absolute night one, you know, mm-hmm. first round complete race. Mm-hmm. And, and then, yeah, the, these series are good, but I feel the same way. Like, okay, I almost have to take a little bit of a breath. Maybe the teams are too. Yeah, huh? yeah. Uh, so ideally, Western Conference Finals, Colorado, St. Louis. Yes, that would be my dream matchup. Declan? Yeah, I think so. You don't sound invested. Yeah, I don't. I You're don't. Per usual. Why? You don't like that. I need to let Why? these mature. I don't like the stars. They took. They took okay. the team you away. Right them? now. Right now. Forget the series maturing. Personnel wise, <laughs> who do you want to see? Like, I want uh, Colorado bad. Yes. I really like Colorado. I want in the ROR finals. versus McKinnon. I want to see it, and I want to see a fight. Y- actually. Yes, I, I. I do lean towards Colorado. Oh, boy. Because I think it's a cooler story, but I, I, it's I, a better team. I, it's, a, it's a, it's a better team. team. The star power, though, I do. I even though I give the stars crap, I do like Ben and Sagan. I do like Ben mm-hmm. and Sagan a lot. But Col- you Colorado, like, you just don't like Mr. Green. I don't like Mr. Green. Mr. I, I'm not a big Ben Bishop guy either. To be completely real, I'm really not. Uh, He's weird. I gotta be honest with you. I, I will, I will take what you just said and agree on this. I'm afraid he's going to get hurt. Bishop yeah. always does, and if he gets hurt, it hurts the series a lot. Or he just and somehow gets messed up. Well, which he's which, he ha- which has wa- happened. Western Conference wise, if you could give me abs and blues, I think I'm very happy. I, I think so too, and I think the league itself would be very happy uh, too as well, because obviously, you know, they would like it to be in the biggest markets possible. But these te- those two teams that would be involved are definitely no stranger to the league and are very much like legacy-type franchises. And the Blues have up in the finals since uh, the expansion years, right? Yeah. They, they went like two or three times after being an expansion team in 67. And I just want all throwback unis. That's all I want. Oh, those all Blues. All I want. The, the winter. Those are good. Is it the Blues winter classic jerseys that they wore? It's sort of a light blue, but it's a, but it's a heritage look. It's a cool, Yeah, the I one with the, with the yellow, just the lighter blue with the yellow, and that's yes. it. The oh. best ever. Speaking of that, yes. I, Russo had a report that the Wild are pushing very, very hard for the 2021 Winter Classics. It'll I be their that. 20th anniversary. I'm going to go out on and, and actually, say that they're going to be passed over for that request. <laughs> I mean, it's easy to say, but it actually... Don't, it, don't have the branch break, Lindsay. Yeah, it actually might... I think that might actually happen. What, I think, they, what maybe for the twenty on right now? I, it yeah. could, I think Batman's it could not happen. Giving them that I'll game. bookmark this now, for an audiogram now, on 2021. I read the same the same thing, which was in a Russo mailbag in the Athletic, which did have an interesting point. Okay, <laughs> subscription the Atl- kid, the Atlantic subscription kid, um, which did have a very 
interesting report that said the Wild was experimenting with a third jersey for next season. Yeah. And then they tried them out on TV. Yeah, that's what so they like, said. So, like, it must have been a... It must have been behind the scenes. They put them on camera. And they said they didn't look good. And they said they looked awful. Yeah. And so We're no third jersey for 1920 now. But that the tie-in is they might do, if they get this, which they won't, if they got the Winter Classic, they would unveil the yep. third jersey. Not a special jersey, but a third jersey for that, if that makes yeah, any sense. Yeah, that's BS. Because it, like, how many new jerseys does do like the Chicago Blackhawks get? Every year. Well, they, they do a Winter on, Classic. I know, but that's the thing is that they You're have right. so... But, no, I'm agreeing with you. Um, I appreciate the offering of a third jersey. How about we get better first and second jerseys, and then maybe we can talk about a third? Because there are there. I appreciate the work that they did in changing them when they changed over yeah. the Adidas. It could be better. And to be totally honest, it's not Adidas, and it's not the thing. It's the colors they need to. The green. Need. Wait, the home green. I love the home green. You do? Just, yes. No. I like the whites. No. And wear whites at I home I like the again. whites, too. I like, wear whites I, at home against. I like five. the whites, too, because they simplified it. But I think yes, I agree. they need to either – I want the I want the North Stars green. I don't like the green we have. It's too chill. You know too, how afraid, they, too are? You I know know how afraid they are doing care. anything North – Oh, no, I'm with – Lindsay, I'm with, I'm, with, I'm with you totally, but they are – they run – the fact of the matter that they could have a North Stars night and wear them, which they could do easily. Easily. And, and Take my money. They get so upset about that. Move on. We're not doing it. Uh, Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Who do you want in the finals? Carolina. Like, forget our predictions. Yeah, yeah. Just go with who. I want. I I I want Carolina and Boston. Or uh, not Carolina and Boston. Yeah, Carolina and Boston. I agree with you. Yes. I, I, except unless Morazic's hurt bad, yeah. And then I might change my. And then I might go Islanders and Boston. I don't want. I don't want anything that's going to compromise goaltending. Correct. If I don't have to. That's true. And I kind of want chaos. And Carolina-Columbus is, oh, I don't know if that'd be very good. I kind of want Carolina-Columbus just because I know the oh. amount. Everybody what, what would be so mad. What, do you want to kill so the sport? Mad. Yeah. Why don't we shut it down right now? <laughs> I know, but Why don't we just disband so... the National Hockey League? What if Columbus wins the cup and it's like, tur- and oh my God, it would what? be so funny. It would, why? What are you? Ta- what? Why? It would just be funny, okay? I just think it would be a good bit, and but everybody would hate it. So I, I guess I want the Islanders to win the series. I don't know if they're going to be able to at this point, but it's too. Yeah, uh, but stranger things have happened. Yeah. The, the they thing could. Is, and if Morazic's really hurt, that's going to change the dynamic here. So yeah, I'll probably. I'll, I'd like to see Islanders probably Boston if I if I really was serious about it, and I hope that the Islanders beat. But I hope. That Bruins like get the Bruins. right there. Bruins and then are my Stanley Cup. Get it ripped right away from I, them. I, right out of their hearts. I love the Bruins. I hate them. Heritage franchise. They're just great. Uh, yeah, they're the worst. They're just kind of bluffing wow. me. Oh, because you were you went to school out there. Sorry. I went to school out there, and it's not. I love the Boston. Fans. It's not the team, but it kind of is. I, I've never been a huge fan of of Tuca. Uh, he's fine. He's a, he's a nice dude and whatever, but he's never been like one of the goalies I gravitated towards, and that that. That ha- holds That's a very point. large stake in the what, whether or not I like your team, which is weird, but it's rational if you All think right. about it for who I am. All but right, before, I want Boston to be ripped away. Before we wrap it up here, I've got two suggestions that off of things. One, I got the suggestion on Twitter, and I love it, that we should do a whole podcast uh, basically on jerseys. Yes. On I'm, uniforms. And I think we, we could go through and like rank them like yeah. a top 10, bottom 10. Um, or we could even go by franchise, be like best jersey that the franchise ever has put out, the worst one that the franchise has ever total, put out. Totally down with this. Okay. But but, uh, but, but yeah, I, because I, I am not a huge jersey connoisseur, but I How think that would make you? it fun. That would make it fun because I 
as you know, don't give a bleep. So it'll be great. How can my I list, care about my I, list, I don't understand how you my list will be completely yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, no, it's like it's like there's one a, of the things you have Lindsay's to be. Lindsay's right. Of. There, there's a there's a there's a I have a list of jerseys that I really do like. I have a top five, and I will oh, well, save it. Okay, I'll save fine. it. But I but I do not invest myself deep into all thirty teams' jerseys and rank no, them. From, I don't. From we don't either. No, but we're well, just saying people do. People do. Okay, calm down. If you have a top five, that's perfect. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm not saying I invest myself. Calm down, Joffrey. The Coyotes. I don't give a crap. Um, it exists. And then the second thing, and we we could actually do this next week, but this question. Parisian Suter, if you can go to one this summer and get them to waive their no trade, Ooh. which which there is an outside chance they're going to do that. Which Who and one why? Yeah. And and let's go down the path of which one they should trade. And and this is not now a franchise that is married to both these guys. No. So like this is it's very it's not very likely that they would waive it, but I could see them being approached. Yes. So let's discuss that next podcast, though. I like it. Absolutely. Who would you trade, and what do you think they should get back? Because the average fans could be like, well, you got to get back a lot for those well, guys. We can get them for McDavid, right? Yeah, we'll exactly. Send, we'll send Zach up to, up to Edmonton for McDavid. But that is for next podcast. All right, Lindsay. Bye. Bye.